Okay, so never mind about what's behind me for the moment. Very slight spoilers here. Uh, yeah, yeah, indeed. Oh, uh, not just that. Ooh. Yeah, together. Oh my together god, Tom Holland's last. in this film. This is yeah, exactly. Wow, what a shock! All right, so I'm gonna hold back on my opinion because it's an odd one. I feel so. First of all, I want to, I don't maybe try and construct a thesis using you as my springboard. So, man, why do you think the MCU like worked? and has generally worked whereas i mean a bunch of shit has failed and not you'd have to say kevin feige surely right having one person i mean marvel were the originators of having one person who's just directly in charge of the universe and all the overarching plots and all these films and tv properties and how to fit them together and just having Mm. one per and he's like a big comic book nerd yeah so having a guy who's so heavily invested in comic books in that position is just that's what works. And then being able to plan out Marvel, even before the Disney acquisition, just having the characters, having the money to get all these mm-hmm. things made to such a high standard to go out and get back characters like Spider-Man. Although there's still, this one is still made by, it's still made by Sony. Yeah, but that's right. Under the proviso that um, they have to include one of the Avengers characters in every film. So the first film had Robert Downey Jr.'s uh, Tony what, Stark. <laughs> Tony Stark. <laughs> I can't think of his name for a mm-hmm. say Howard Stark. That's his dad. So the first one had Tony Stark. The second one had a fake Nick Fury. Spoilers. And then this one obviously had Doctor Strange. So yeah, they've the way that they've been able to do that is quite impressive. But it's basically that they've they've just had someone who knows what he's doing. And mm. you know, Warner haven't had that. And passion and yeah. like yeah, as you say, yeah, yeah. I would I would generally agree with that. Were you asking what works on an individual level or what works no, in the in the MCU? What has made it work and made it so successful? I would think it's um, yes, down to Kevin Feige, I would say. And like for you from an audience perspective, because I mean I think that they have uh, like on so many different levels, they have uh, drilled into like uh, just a real desire for absolute escapism in the general population. So much so that it's kind of fucking, I mean, this used to be nerd stuff. You know what I mean? It is no longer nerd stuff. This is very much mainstream. Yeah, definitely. The fact that they've been able to, all these films have become part of the public consciousness I and mean, people have been won over into watching Marvel films that previously thought like superheroes are, superhero films are for are for boys or something. You know, mm. I feel like they must have tapped way more into the female market as well than previously, than previous yeah. iterations of these type of things. But yeah, they've uh, although Martin Scorsese might not be a fan, I think they've proven their worth. And there are, there's going to be, there's going to be misfires along the way. There's going to be some poorer efforts. But when something like Endgame comes as a culmination mm. of <clears throat> 22 films or whatever, and how this works without getting into opinions, but how this works yeah. is a culmination of three films, more than yeah. three films for what the this Peter Parker character. Three appears. franchises. Yeah. And essentially sets up this as like a, as a three film origin story for the character. Yeah, essentially. Like to, back, to kind of backdoor the origin to, to the real character, putting to bed a lot of the criticisms of what this Spider-Man had become, which was like Iron Man, child mm. Iron Man, Iron Boy, Iron Spider. <laughs> Stylistically, what do you think are like the cornerstones of the MCU? I mean, they're changing all the time, but how? Like, well, let's say back when it started out, let's say, I mean, the way Robert Downey Jr. speaks is probably one of them, to be fair, just his general patter. I think influenced the tone of the films an awful lot, you know? Yeah, they're funny. 
There's only mm. like a handful of films, a handful of MCU films that I think are not particularly funny. Eternals was one of them. The, the humor didn't really work for me in that. But apart mm. from that, like I, I always feel like when you go into an MCU film, you you know it's going to be entertaining. You're going to get like a, a big visual blockbuster, but it should be funny as well. Yeah. Even in the most more serious films, I feel like there's it's something that they're criticized with from, from time to time of forced humor. But I don't know. In general, it works for me. And I, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like, okay, big ass primary colors is a big aspect that's important. I do to like ass primary colors. And there we go. The big ones. I think Joss Whedon and his kind of, his sort of patter uh, laid a big foundation for the way we go forward. Celebrated Interestingly feminist enough, Joss Whedon, continue. I actually, I actually find his dialogue, and this is not me revising my opinion, <laughs> uh, but like I find his dialogue a little bit grating now. I think the films that came after his ones are actually written, are actually better written and funnier. I think some of his humor is a bit forced. Incidentally, I think he revealed himself with his two Avengers films to be a like a really good action director. I think the 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 action in the first Avengers film, Avengers Assemble, as it's called in the UK, it could have just been just a giant CGI fuckfest, which I normally am not a fan of but I think it's really good, actually. The first uh, Avengers was, that was like the, the first time where everything pulled together. And you, I think mm. that was where you got the sense that the MCU was going to work. But you still, yeah. for me at least, wouldn't have, wouldn't have thought at that point that they could end up where they are now mm. as successfully as they have done. But that was the first time where they pulled together all these characters seated in different films into this one team. Mm. And uh, yeah, that was like, I remember watching that in the cinema. I was living in the south of Spain at the time. I saw it in Malaga and I just, it blew me away. I was like, this is like, this is fun. It's funny. It, it's, it, it's something new. Although Why now did that Joss kind Wayne of like death again? from above type thing. I, yeah, I, that's we, gotten tiresome. We, we've touched on that. We touched on Josh Whedon. I don't remember the details, but we talked about it. He was a bit of a prick, uh, wasn't Serenity he? episode. So yeah, 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 yeah. If you yeah. want to go, if you want to go back on that, have a listen <laughs> to the Serenity episode. I don't remember. But it's strange because I was actually thinking about this just the other day. I was because uh, you know Mel Gibson has been cast in a John Wick TV show, nice. and uh, and uh, people like you know Twitter went mad about it, and but they still kept him in the show. They're like, yeah, whatever. And I kind of and I figured, God, Mel Gibson his cancelling would probably be less severe than Joss Whedon's, despite having allegedly been far worse, I would say. But the thing is, is fans of Mel Gibson don't really give a fuck and fans of Joss Whedon really give a fuck. They, they, they will not tolerate him not being a nice man. Yeah, no I, one really cares. Yeah, anyone who likes Mel Gibson knows who he is. Right? Do you yeah. think there's people who like Mel Gibson but would be? And we're sure. I don't know. Maybe we're. <laughs> I might be overestimating how much the general public know about film or actors. Mm, about be. their actual lives. Like, I don't think we'd be overestimating that with fans of Joss Whedon. Fans of Joss Whedon like true, that he's a, true. A publicly a nice man. And but surely really... people know about Mel Gibson's like sugar tits type episodes and some of his, <laughs> some, of, some of his anti-Semitic uh, claims. I, I feel like we should watch The Passion of the Christ at some point. I've just been waiting for the correct time to like bring that in. I just have been <laughs> well, waiting I can, for you it. Because but... I've seen it 10 times. <laughs> have you actually seen it? No, I've, I've probably seen it three times, I'd say. Oh, my God. See, I can't yeah, even. Yeah. It's just it would never occur to me to watch that. It's a I don't, mad I don't movie. Like, I told you I don't like fantasy. It's a mad movie. Oh, yeah, that's funny. Ha <laughs> ha. Thanks. But I mean, Thank you. Thanks. It is. It's just bananas. It, like, I watched it just last year, and it's, it, just, it seems to just get more bananas as the years go by. No, the reason I was bringing up all of that shit was, okay, what do you think is the first moment of direct fan service in the MCU? 
I was listening to someone. This is just a, a slight tangent on fan services. I think people only really talk about fan service if it doesn't work. Because if fan service mm. works, then it's just another. It's like being able to successfully reuse something to keep like a running trope or a running theme going or calling back successfully to something. It's when it doesn't work, right. then it, it's called fan service. And that's just shitty. Like when I watched that Ghostbusters Afterlife uh, a couple of weeks ago, all mm. the elements that they pulled, that they, they went back to from the first two films that didn't work and felt stale or weird, yeah. I would, or were labeled or I would label as fan service, failed fan service, but... What was your what, what what was your what do you see as the what was the first thing that came to your mind as like fan service in the MCU? I suppose I've I've been ever since seeing Spider-Man No Way Home, I've been in the process of forming this sort of opinion. I've been thinking about it a lot because I really did enjoy the film, but I felt a little disconnected from it in an odd way. I remember years ago um when the first Iron Man came out, I went to see that in the cinema. And um, Agent Colston near the end, he go because one of the running gags is that the name is long and cumbersome for the organization. And then he goes, um, <laughs> it was actually very funny in the cinema moment. Uh, Agent Colston goes, uh, oh, yeah, no, we're not calling it that anymore. Now we're calling it S.H.I.E.L.D. like that. And I heard like one person near the back of the cinema give a sort of a. And uh, then somebody else legitimately just went wanker like that and it was fucking hilarious it was so funny but i mean you know the lunatics have taken that's over the that's what i like now. about the uk and ireland is you're not allowed to express and i agree with that sentiment but <laughs> you're not yeah. allowed to express any fucking positivity towards anything i felt the same way like you're watching spider-man this time yeah. when they revealed all the all the special guest stars mm. This one guy in the cinema, and this is in Scotland, this one guy in the cinema just went, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, a few people clapped, but there, it was people obviously in the, that's what our culture is. You have to be coaxed into even daring to put out anything remotely resembling positive energy. There was so something. much you'll get applauding fucking, you'll in get my screening. Slammed. Yeah, you watched it in Spain. Maybe that's the disconnect I was feeling that I wasn't watching it amongst my people. You weren't watching it around miserable cunts. Yeah, yeah. There was so much applause. I was. I felt it to me after a while. It started to feel like I was watching the Friends reunion. You went it, like uh, well. Okay, bear in mind. Here's another point. The film opened on Wednesday in Spain as well, right? I went I Thursday. Saw it on Thursday. Right, I saw it on Thursday evening as well. So it was among the people who really, really wanted to see the film. Yes, my, me you're, too. You're, yeah, you're, and where did you watch it? Phenomena. Yes. Right, so you went to what's already like a No, nerd's... no, 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 sorry. No, no, I didn't actually, no. I went to see it in Yelmo. Okay. So but it was but you still must, yeah, it must have yeah. been with like Spider-Man fans, oh, yeah, comic yeah. book oh, nerds, this type of thing. For like, sure. They're for not sure. the general public. The general public no. would probably wouldn't know most of these things. This is the thing that I've been trying to mine into because like anybody who's been paying. OK, so might as well. This is probably a good time to jump, just jump right into it. So I felt like if I felt all the quote unquote fan service in this like really worked, I think everything worked. I think it's a miracle that they managed to make this work, to be honest, because it does, I think, genuinely work. But I, OK, so I'm going to uh, breaking from our tradition of Wikipedia, if you don't mind, I'm going to just r race through a wee plot synopsis. OK, to say ex is exactly what happened. What happens? So 
uh, after the events of No Way Home, everybody knows who Spider-Man is because he was revealed to be him by Mysterio. Jonah J. Jameson is an Anthony Cumia type figure in a basement, which is quite a, quite a funny little touch, I felt. Um, just constantly got a nice on- green screen. He does, yeah. I respect his green screen work <laughs> as a fellow green screen enthusiast. So Ned and Mary Jane are just thrust into the middle of this atten- this just giant fuck fest of attention and a lot of it negative. And me- in the meantime, they're just kids and they want to go to MIT. They're hoping to all go together because they're all geniuses, blah, 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 blah. It starts to get get a bit too much for Peter. He needs to move house and everything like it moves with his aunt um, to another place owned by Happy Hogan. Uh, Marissa Tomei's Aunt May has broken up with Happy Hogan at this point. They have to see a lawyer who was my favorite cameo of the movie. Charlie Cox as Daredevil pops back in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I hope they do something more with him. Well, like that featured, I mean, yeah, we'll come back, come back around to that when maybe mm. talking about Hawkeye, because I feel like that is all going to interconnect. But yeah, go ahead. Anyway, then next thing we next thing we know, uh, he just has had enough and he goes along to Doctor Strange, his old mate, to try and get some kind of timey wimey shit done to get it all erased. Anyway, Doctor Strange makes a bit of a hames of it, and all of a sudden. Alfred Molina from the Sam Raimi Spider-Man universe comes in along with uh, Norman Osborn, a.k.a. the Green Goblin. Then we've also got uh, Thomas Jane Church's Sandman coming in. Thomas Hayden Church. Thomas Hayden Church's Sandman coming in. And then we get uh, get, uh, the Lizard, uh, who's Reef. Reef, uh, Reef Reef fans. Receive fans briefly then we get Jamie Foxx's Electro it's all fucking going crazy and then all of a sudden Ned is magic and he's able to make portals and in come Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire to, to help out they all kind of get to finish weird arcs from their franchises particularly mm-hmm. Andrew Garfield but they, they both franchise, get to pay them off yeah 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 whose franchise was truncated a little bit uh, cruelly I thought I really enjoyed those films uh, I know a lot of people didn't I just I really did culminating in a giant fight around the Statue of Liberty, whereby Peter gets the choice to just erase the fact that he is Spider-Man from everybody's memories. This is soon after Aunt May dies, by the way. No, Aunt May dies after that, does she? Before or no, after? No, she dies before. before that. She dies before She dies that. before they go to the Statue of Liberty. Yes, and then Doctor Strange just erases him from memory. Peter promises MJ and Ned that he'll come back and remind them of who he is and etc. But then he goes into the to the ice cream slash coffee place where she's working, sees the two of them, and realizes, oh, they're in much less danger without knowing that I'm Spider Man." So then he just goes off to live his life as to be the friendly Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Yeah, in a bedsit, which is a bold ass ending. I thought, to be honest, I was he moves really... into he moves into what looks like the the apartment that Tobey Maguire Spider Man lived in it's like run down huh. and shitty you remember he had to like the yeah, really yeah, yeah, yeah. looking neighbor lady now right first of all i there's just no way this should work as well as it does what do you think yeah i think it was the only thing i could think of that pulled it off in recent years was x-men days of future past and then they took all of the goodwill that they that they got from that of resetting the timeline and immediately spunked it away on the awful films that came after it. Yeah, one of which um, we saw in the cinema yeah, together. Yeah. Apocalypse, uh, which was, uh, yeah, was not good. It's one of the worst things I've ever seen in the cinema. That it was, was terrible. terrible. That was very bad. But so, yeah, I mean, it has been done to a lesser extent before of uniting the casts of, of different iterations of the same film and, and putting it together. But it does... Of it the wor- same character, though? Yeah, like because when? you've got uh, X Men: Days of Future Past. You've got the actors playing uh, Charles and uh, Eric. Um, yeah, but the they, two they generations. Don't, 
they're never on screen together, though. Yes, they are. Are they not? No, they're not. It's it's Wolverine who goes back into the past. Oh, okay. I was I, for some reason I thought that they at some point they meet each other, but I guess not then. No. Well, okay, but still, I mean, it doesn't make a huge amount of difference whether they interact with each other. The way they used it in the Spider-Man film was to kind of have like fun bonding and touching on things that that I guess if this could be labeled fan service touching on things like um, Toby's Spider-Man shooting web fluid out of his wrists mm. and kind of them sort of joking around. Those are things that people have talked about quite a lot. Yeah, it, but it's like you've got to have seen all of the films to totally get what's happening here. I guess. I don't know. I haven't seen Amazing Spider-Man 2. I've seen all the other, all the other you know, Spider-Man films that are referenced mm. here, but I had never seen Jamie Foxx's character before. I still am hmm. aware from the few comic books and various other things like Spider-Man games and stuff I played. Hmm. I still knew I knew who the character was, but his character was totally changed. Right? He was like a nerdy. Yeah, type. He's... and then and they've re they redid his like character model as well. The colors. Yeah, and yeah. He's I don't know cooler and funnier right. and stuff. He's, he's, he's Jamie us... Jamie Fox here. Yeah, a lot of Which people had sense. a problem with him in. Um... In Amazing Spider-Man 2, but I I think I saw Amazing Spider-Man 2 like in a critic screening. And so it would have been very fresh. There would have been no reviews out. And I came out of that going, man, I thought that was brilliant. And then all the reviews came out and said, what a bunch of fucking shit. And I was <laughs> That's like, why he got fired from being a critic. <laughs> whoops, whoops, whoops. But I quite <laughs> this I, film should win this should sweep the Oscars this year. <laughs> well, it's got very cartoonish sensibilities and it's kind of light and bubbly and fun. Um, and I quite like that. But like, I think maybe two months ago or something, I went back and watched Spider-Man 2, from which um, Al Alfred Classic. Molina's uh, mm -hmm. Octavius comes out. And that's really good. That's like just it's a great film. A great that film. was yeah. like that was that and X-Men 2 were like the early blueprint good superhero films like those yeah. two films from the early 2000s that's what the mcu was i think at the start was using as like this is the template of these are good superhero films they're both sequels and they show what mm. you can do when you've already done your origin and then you build like a stronger second story yeah and then for both of those franchises it was the third film where they shit the bed yes indeed i um, i nearly shit the bed as like a an mcu fan watching this and I have rolled it over in my head quite a bit. Why did I like sort of feel like that? And I, some of it was the applause and, and everything. And one, then when I was walking out, I kind of realized it's like I. OK, some of it is definitely connected to me being a dad and not being able to go to the cinema as much. Right. But I was walking out of it and I was thinking, my God, I don't think anything surprised me in that movie. Like the, not one thing. Even this, the ending where he's erased from their memories, I probably could have predicted that well enough because it seems like good business to do it as well. Really, uh, people might grind against me on that point, but nothing really particularly surprised me in it. Aunt May dying in it seems like the right move even, honestly. And then when I was walking out, I passed the poster for Scott Cooper's upcoming movie, Antlers, produced mm. by Guillermo del Toro, a horror film. And I kind of went, man, I fucking wish I'd gone to see that. But I heard it's and not very good. <laughs> besides the point, point okay. being is like, I'll get to go to the cinema maybe once or twice a month, right? And the last time I went to the cinema before this was Eternals, which I really enjoyed because I did not know what the fuck would be up with it at all. Before that, I saw No Time to Die, which not a fan of at all. And also, you know, 
kind of did a similar thing to Spider-Man in the lack of surprises, except for a w- very unwelcome one in the end. Hey, but I- listen, let's imagine that you lived in a world, if you're the average person, let's say that you enjoyed the Spider-Man films, right? Mm. Maybe you enjoy the MCU, but you're not a weirdly on the spectrum, likes to read about everything that's happening at all times in like the world of movie making and, and casting and stuff like that. Mm. You would, and if you, I feel like the marketing made a mistake as well. Maybe they shat, they shat themselves a bit, and they were like, "Okay, we need to show that some of these villains are going to be in the film." I feel mm. like if they, they could have made things much more powerful reveals, because the only thing that was a surprise to me in this film, I guess, the two things that were kind of surprising, I didn't realize that they were going to have like, um, what's his name, Charlie Thingy Bob, the played. Uh, yeah, that was good. That was one I I didn't yeah. see was coming. The killing of Aunt May which I think dramatically, it makes sense. It makes perfect mm. sense. I think it was overshadowed by just how much was going on around it. That it didn't, I heard people crying in the cinema. And for me, I was like, oh, really? really? Yeah, I didn't think it had any emotional weight because it was just so much going on around it. Like it, mm. was, it was sort of stifled a little bit. And I feel like if you want to, if you want to, to show how important that is, I think it needs to be on its own a bit more rather than like in the middle of a big action scene. But those two mm. things were the things that surprised me. But if you weren't paying attention to film news all the time, you could have gone into it not knowing any of that, not knowing that there were going to be all these villains or that there were going to be the two other Spider-Man actors. But I'll say that. I'll, I'll say this, sorry. I don't think you and I, you or I are by any means in the minority with this shit anymore. I think everybody's yeah. paying attention to all this stuff. I think half of their game is re- releasing all of this stuff ahead of time and building up sort of hype. Yeah. That's why, it, that's why it felt a little bit like the Friends reunion show to me. I think in, you're in overestimating a, the general public, the general film going public. Okay, I don't know. Well, maybe maybe, I, maybe, maybe I'm underestimating them. I don't know. Maybe it could be just me, but I and uh, enemy of the show, John Spillane, disagreed with me on this point. He would have said it would, would have been the other way. I went, oh, I wish I'd gone to see Antlers. And it wasn't that... I would have thought Antlers would have been so great. And actually, no, to be fair, I'll rubbish that right on the ground because I would have been itching to see what the fuck happened in Spider-Man anyway. But I did get the distinct senses like, oh man, I would have been able to see like something fucking new and a little bit surprising or something. And now here's the thing. I did really, really enjoy the film. I genuinely, but I don't get to go out so often as I used to anymore. And then it popped back in my head what Martin Scorsese had said about the MCU. And he said, there, that, he said, that's not cinema. There's no surprises in it or anything like that. You know, you know exactly. It's more like a theme Ever park. Ever since ride. I was a kid, I wanted to be a superhero. It was more like a theme park ride, he said. And I was like, no, there's nothing wrong with it being more than a theme park ride. But I do think, okay, it's official. Whatever movies are, these are something slightly different. And this is kind of not quite the nail in the coffin, but this is the final brushstroke of that. Like, this is just... It, yeah, it maybe it's an, like long-form TV or something. <laughs> I, I do agree that it's not traditionally what we've... It, it is not like the traditional standalone film or the hmm. traditional maybe couple of sequels. You're into like... You are into new territory, which is building a cinematic universe. And it's the only one that's successfully done it. Warner Brothers of uh, with their DC well, films, yeah, with those like that whole kind of DC EU extended universe mm. thing is kind of it's like, eh. yeah, the, nobody gives a fuck. Tiny bit of crossover, 
what about the other thing where they try to get the whole horror character universe going? Oh yeah, let's yeah, say like Tom Cruise's The Mummy and all those other, and that was in, that was ditched straight away because it was just wasn't going to work. Like yeah, and they're this really, is something they, else. They weren't the only people who did this. Like a, a, a lot, I can't remember the list of them now, but there was plenty of studios that lean into this. Yeah, and the, this is the one that's been able to pull it off. But I think film is changing. I mean, that's clear. Like this is the era of TV. For sure. If you gave me the choice any day of the week of a TV series, a big budget, high quality HBO style TV series or a film, I would go with the series all day because you you just have so many more opportunities to develop character and tell a longer form story. Yes. And I think yes. that's what the MCU's tapped into, that they're able to... For sure. You're, you're saying like whether the viewer... Okay, the, the audience have to have some prior knowledge, but then... Equally, it rewards the viewers for having that prior knowledge. It might be a bit, you know, it's not ideal. It's not ideal for people going in without any, without having previously seen those other properties. But then there's an expectation now, but the the audience is being asked a question or has been, has been, there's, there's something that has been asked of the audience, which is you need to invest a little bit in the story as well. But to that, I would say to you, for me, they're finding a more comfortable home on TV now, these properties. True. But then what is cinema at this point, except a big, it's a big screen. Yeah. No, I mean, no, no. What's, uh, what's the distinction now? The, it's getting a film made is not, it's not the 19 whatever seventies anymore. Like mm. to get a film made that can show on a screen. Now, what about like uh tangerine or whatever it's called? Or like our films, you know, shot entirely yeah. on an iPhone or whatever. I mean, the 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 requirement like everyone now has the tools in their pocket to make a film that could be shown in the cinema. I don't know. Film has been devalued to to a sense to to a certain extent. I mean, I feel like TV has has taken up the mantle, and these Marvel the Marvel Cinematic Universe universe is a combination of film and TV. What with the the series that they're doing and tying it together, now. which are excellent. They're all yeah. great. And those work, well, we talked about this before, the reason that maybe something like Black Widow or Eternals, for me at least, didn't work that well is I would have been happier seeing some of these films as like a multi-part kind of longer form story. Yeah. But Spider-Man at two and a half hours, this worked fine for me. I feel like they captured everything I wanted from this. Who did, who did you feel really showed up in it? Uh... I feel. I mean, I, I would go along with the. Uh, I've heard a few people say that like it worked well for Andrew Garfield. Mm. I feel like it allowed his character some closure, like you were saying, of having this truncated. Yeah, that was uh, good. He never really got a fair crack of the of of the web as Spider Man. So no, it was no, nice to just, see that. Well, um, you know what happens at the end of Amazing Spider Man too, don't you? No, let me guess though. Go. Okay, so I remember that his. Does his girlfriend die in the first one? Gwen Stacy, no. Yeah. Does she die in the second one? Yes, she does. Oh, I've seen that scene, but that was weird. I must maybe I just watched it in isolation on YouTube or something because I don't feel like I've seen the film. Well, it is sexy. Um, nice. Well, yeah, no, no, but uh, like, oh, in an in an identical manner to the way that MJ right. is going to right. die. Right. So, in this, right. so they pay it off because he saves uh, Zendaya this time. That's how he gets his closure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, that that also fu- felt very Spider-Verse-y yes. into the Spider-Verse. I mean, That's the same plot point happens in that, right? One of the Spider-Men I mean, for sure, this is their Spider-Verse. I don't this think is, this... I, w- 
I don't think this would exist if Spider if Spider Verse hadn't been made. That's why I said to you, this is like a a mix between a live action Spider Verse and the PS4 game, which I would highly recommend playing. What's it called? Uh, Spider Man. Oh, and it's good. It's yeah? legitimately called Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. There's there's two. There's a PS5, PS4, PS5 game as well called Spider Man Miles Morales, um, which I haven't played. But the spider, so the Spider Man PS4 game slight spoilers for this but you take down the kingpin in like the first uh the first act or the the vet, yeah. or the, the 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 intro even and he goes off to the he goes off to jail and then all these other villains start appearing and it sets up a whole sinister 6 uh reveal and you basically have to to fight off all these guys that was the one surprising thing in this film i was surprised there was only five baddies well, yeah, but we were revealed who the next baddie is going to be in the uh, post credits right. sting. So Venom is a, Venom was uh, revealed in a in the sting at the end, but again, I was just like, why not just do a full Sinister Six and have you have ever a um, guy? Have you ever seen either of the Venom films? No, uh, I keep hearing about. There's a scene where Tom Hardy gets into a lobster tank. I keep hearing people say it's very funny, but I haven't. I haven't even gone as far as searching for that one scene. Just the tone of that post-credits sting has made me want to watch them. Yeah, I imagine it, it's kind of They funny. just seem very, very silly. And also, yeah. the the voice of Venom is exactly like the voice of Eddie Murphy doing the African lady. <laughs> Eddie! Eddie! I, I saw that trailer again for the Morbius film, which he references Venom in it. Mm. And it's also got uh, Michael Keaton as Vulture in that. So What? Yeah, there's. I mean, this is the way that they're tying together these Sony properties with the MCU. I think going forward, they're trying to build that more and more. John Watts, who directed these Spider-Man films, he's making Fantastic Four. Uh, so yeah. that's, he's going to be moving on to, to those characters. But I think it wouldn't be a surprise to see these the Sony Spider-Man characters and their whole universe mixing together further with the MCU in the future. What I reckon so. they will... Do, what I reckon they might do is um, kickstart the Andrew Garfield thing again because they could do that. Enough. They have the they've got f- absolute freedom to bring back whoever they want and just have it as a like a multiverse offshoot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whatever then, people want at this point. But then they're in the danger of how many multiverses are there, and why should I give a fuck? Yeah, I know you you're you're maybe worried about like the the weight of something of how easy it is that it could be undone but i don't know i feel like they've stuck everything so far off the top of mm. my head i can't think of anything that is too much of a problem of that it feels like it, it lacks weight ah maybe I'm I mean, just, I've, maybe... I've heard some criticism of like the starting point of this film to the end of this film because it starts like basically like a, a week after the last film ended or just after, or no, does it start like mm. just like seconds after the last film ended? His identity has been revealed and that just starts. So that's like the impetus to the plot of why he seeks out Doctor Strange and casts a spell. But by the end of the film, that's completely undone. Yeah. And instead he is now just like, he looks like he's at a point where he's ready to like, like fight the kingpin or something. Yeah, and I haven't actually heard. I haven't seen the latest episode of uh, Hawkeye, but I, ah. I do. I believe. <laughs> I, I believe. I believe uh, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio shows up. No, he in a photo. Yeah, but he's already okay. been. They've they've they hinted at that all the way through the episodes of talking about like the big guy, the big guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For Maya's sure, for talking sure. about her uncle, etc. So yeah, they they did reveal that. But yes, he is a character in it. 
So even then, they've already they, that means they've connected in the same universe, the MCU like films and TV series mm. with the Netflix series that they made before, which they've also done with the like Daredevil yeah, in this film. But I'd say they'd be abandoned as not canon because I don't I haven't watched the I haven't watched series three of Daredevil, but I I can't imagine the Kingpin survives to the end of that. That was quite a bloody series. Like they were I think he does. I don't know. I really? haven't watched it, but I'm assuming he does. Mm. Okay. I, you, I don't I don't think they kill Kingpin though. I think that's too much. Well, I, I don't, I I don't think you ever kill they, Kingpin. They're not you canon, send him to prison. But they're not canon, those uh, series, is the is the thing. They've been dropped from the canon. But I'm glad they're introducing Charlie Cox again, because I really did think he was excellent. Charlie Cox, that's why he's called. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought he was great. That was the the cameo that was pleasing to me. I don't know. You see, th- this is the, but this is the mad thing, right? Look. Those are the, wait, fo- those, wait, wait. Those are the two things that make a Saturday night great. Charlie what? and Cox. There we go. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> See, like you, you hear all this skepticism in voice in my voice, and the truth is, I had such a good time watching this. It's just that I was walking. Why out of are you going, trying to talk yourself out of enjoying the film? It's not, it's not that. It's not it's like that. You're, it's like you're. I know. Inner, I'm trying to find. I'm trying to. Fi- you want to clap tr- along with the Spanish audience, <laughs> but your inner Irishman is calling you a wanker. And the thing is, I am a giant nerd. I'm I'm more of a nerd than you. Yeah, I mean, at least in the comic book sense of the things. Yeah, I don't know. There was something niggling at me that made me want to. But I mean, I I did have a great time watching it. Maybe I should just embrace it. I I want to go see it again. I know that I was much. I was planning to go this morning. I, I didn't get mm. rent it unfortunately. But yeah, I'll definitely see it again. Hopefully in the cinema. Ideally, I would go in IMAX. But uh, I used to be a member of like this, uh, like a Cine World years ago, mm. which I could get IMAX for like a couple of quid. But just a one-off ticket for a random IMAX screening here is like 16, 17 pounds. So uh, no thanks. Oh, I would love I to go see this that. in IMAX. I'd do that. It would be nice. I'm sure it would be great. Yeah, yeah. There's an IMAX near enough where I'm staying here in Madrid. Could give yeah. it a try. I saw Wonder Woman. the uh, way, 1984? The, or the first yes, one. that one. Mm. No, Wonder Woman 1984 in the, in the IMAX there, which is well worth it. It was good crack. Anyway, are you still interested in Marvel? Are you still addicted to the Marvel? I don't know about addicted, but I feel like I I feel like the multiverse thing that was set up in Loki. I've, we said this a few times. I, I have faith in in I have faith in people like Michael Waldron who who, who wrote Loki. I feel mm. like he's one of the co writers, maybe on the Doctor Strange uh, um, multiverse of madness. I thought that looked good to me. Just the uh, like Sam Raimi coming back. So I mean. Not only is Tobey Maguire in the MCU, but you know Sam Raimi is is directing an MCU film. Yeah, which is exciting. It feels like he should have been there for years. I mean, the kind of the visual tone, the like the visual tone of his movies, I think had just not even had a big influence. That's basically the visual tone of um, the MCU movies. You know what I mean? The X Men went for all those dark uniforms and stuff because they didn't want to fully embrace the cartoonishness. But um, yeah, Remy said fuck it and just did it, you know, and it worked. Yeah, I'm just looking for uh, something about multiverse. Yeah, it is it's yeah. So Michael Waldron is the co-writer of uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, and he was the creator of Loki. So I feel like he'll be able to to keep that going. I, I feel like they'll be able to sort of expand that multiverse idea into interesting places. I have faith. I got faith in old Sammy Remy's as well. Me too. Difficult not to. Have you, ever, have you ever seen Darkman? 
Yeah, a long time ago. I've been meaning to watch that again recently. Somebody was telling me it's not as silly as I remember. Uh, I feel like it was reasonably serious. I just remember it being very daft. He's like a shapeshifter Superhero or something, action isn't it? film with that Liam Neeson. Be. Anyway, I've talked myself around and I probably actually do love this film. I just can't get this niggle out of my voice, though. Anyway, have you got anything else you'd like to talk about? With this film? Uh, no, I feel like we've covered everything. I thought it was good. It was nice seeing people like William Dafoe, <laughs> to give him his oh, real name, God, uh, yeah. flying around. And him, what about that? I, I, I've seen the people reference this scene frequently just in the last few days, but when the spider sense, the spider, t- when Peter's tingle starts going mm. off when he's in the in the, the apartment with all the villains and he's trying to figure out who's what set it off and then that's when you he figures out that it's Norman Osborn. I yeah. just think that's such a beautifully shot scene. I, I'd be interested, speaking about watching it in IMAX, I'd be interested in seeing those scenes where like uh, Norman Osborn is smashing Peter through the floors of that apartment building. Mm. So I saw on a fairly smallish screen and I enjoyed it well enough, but I, I would like to. I just, I thought of all the the villains that came back, my favorite was um, Alfred Molina. I thought he was just it's nice brilliant. to see Alfred. I mean, Alfred Molina is like Alfred Molina and Willem Dafoe are like mm. a class of actor. <laughs> They're like yeah. Academy Award winning high level actor. Jamie Foxx as well. Okay. Actually, to be fair, Thomas Hayden Church probably ha- he's got an Oscar for Sideways or at least nomination. He does, sure. yeah, but why? He's got nothing to do here. It's almost cruel. And then Reese uh, Reese Evans is fine, but that, I'm sure I I would doubt if Reese Evans was even there. I mean, you did see him at the end, but uh, I mean, yeah, he, but he why didn't they show him form. before? Yeah, yeah, because no, he was I'd... a lizard. <laughs> I, I thought like, I, I thought I the CGI like of the lizard advantage. was uh, was slightly ropey. It was, yeah, and I feel like they would have taken advantage of his presence if they could have, you know, mm-hmm. I just, I feel like he probably said, nah, not interested. Are, are you familiar I, with, with the, Ned's character, like Ned, Ned Leeds? No, no, in nothing about him from book. the comics. Cause in the comic books, he becomes, um, Hobgoblin. Really? Yeah. I think he gets brainwashed. And at, the, at some point in this film, he says something like, I promise I'll never go insane and try to kill you. Which I think <laughs> is just like a nod to that, but I don't know if they're ever going to do anything with that. Nah, well, you would, well, I don't know. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, if, I'll tell you the one thing that I did think was quite interesting. They brought all these people back. They can bring back anyone, dead or alive. Didn't bring back James Franco, though, eh? No, mm. no, mm. this is in- interesting, huh? What happened yeah, there, I wonder? That's it, he's done. He's has, not Toby, back. has Toby Maguire more or less retired from acting? I don't remember him being in anything of any note. Like he's just he's popping in here and here and there for an old cameo and and crack like that, but he doesn't seem to be too interested he's in out, being. The, you know, in he's out the, the Pussy Patrol or whatever they're called. The Pussy Patrol. Yeah, that was uh, he was in that gang. He was in that group. Him and um, Leonardo Kevin DiCaprio. And, yeah, Kevin Connolly and all that. They were called something yeah, like yeah. Pussy Patrol or something. He's awesome. out doing that. Why? Well, I, I yeah. When I think of Tobey Maguire, I think of uh, Michael Sarah playing. A version of him in uh, Molly's Molly's game. game. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He was Player X. Yeah, uh, which is a a great movie for the for the boobage. It's a great old uh, boobage movie. Is it? I don't recall that at all. No, but just like cleavage booby. You know, looks good. The last sort of decent. Th- so, Tobey Maguire was in Pawn Sacrifice, the the film about Bobby mm. Fisher. That looks quite decent. I haven't seen that. He's in Labor Day. He's in uh, The Great Gatsby. 
So yeah, yeah not he, doing a whole lot. He's doing like a film every couple of years. I imagine he's like massively rich. He's yeah, got yeah, this he's got thing coming money. out called Babylon that he's producing and starring in, which mm. is uh, Damien Chazelle's new film. Yeah, no, I've heard about that. Yeah, maybe he's just re- re- decided to retreat from the spotlight because I know he gave up booze very early in his life and I know he, d- he doesn't uh, play poker anymore either. Oh, really? Uh, he gave that up too. Yeah, yeah. So like maybe he because like I remember I saw very recently Michael Sheen has publicly announced that he's uh, he's no longer a working for profit actor. Anything he gets, will he'll give to charity. Mm-hmm. And that's a nice thing to do, but I don't know why you have to fucking tell everybody about it, Michael Sheen. Do you know what I mean? mean? According yeah. to this, and all of these online like articles and stuff are probably nonsense, but mm. this says that Tobey Maguire's net worth is $75 million. Which, I mean, you can live on that, you know? I could probably squeak by for a few weeks on that. <laughs> What if they bring out a PlayStation make that work. 6? Oh, God. It's game over. Well, uh, that's all I have to say about that, fuckers. Yeah, I would say, uh, you know, it's fine. No, I, I thought it was great. I really enjoyed it. I would not get drawn into such negativity. I maybe did roll my eyes a couple of times when people were making noises going, oh, God, why aren't they cool like me and just sitting on my hands in the audience like a cool guy? And I look forward to uh, watching uh, some movies and talking about them with you again soon, Andy. Certainly, I Yay. think we'll be we'll be there for uh, for the next Spider-Man film. Gert, all right. Yeah. Bye. Bye.